This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, following, subscribing. The podcast, of course, our YouTube page, 94WIP. Myself and Tucker Bagley put up a ton of video podcasts there. Check it out. Subscribe to the video feed there. All right, today I wanted to get into really what's on the line this weekend and, and really what the Eagles have to prove. Now, we know what's on the line in terms of the standings this year, in terms of the NFC, a ton. Eagles 49ers. The Eagles are two games up. They win. They go three games up with five to play and a tiebreaker. They will almost certainly have the advantage over the Niners when it comes to playoff positioning. If the 49ers win, this lead is cut to one. Eagles go to Dallas next week. Niners' schedule really isn't challenging down the stretch, except for one game where they host Baltimore. You could foresee a scenario where these two teams finish tied, and then the tiebreaker would go to San Francisco. So we know everything on the line right now within the standings within the NFC this year. But big picture, prove it. You know, this game's going to be billed a lot outside of Philadelphia as the Niners game to prove that they're on the same level as the Eagles, that they would have beaten the Eagles last year. And it's going to be a lot about the 49ers and really what they have to prove in this game because they're the team that lost last year. They're the team that is looking up in the standings right now to the Eagles this year. But I actually think the Eagles have a lot to prove in this game. And it, you know, we use the phrase lit- litmus test a lot, you know, but it's going to be the kind of game where we're going to have pretty strongly cemented feelings about the Eagles after this game one way or the other. Or I'll put it this way. There'll be, if the Eagles win this game, there's cement in the ground in they are the best team in the NFC, in they are going to have home field advantage, in that we expect them to go back to and maybe win a Super Bowl. Okay, And if they do not win this game, there's going to be some cracks in that foundation because there's been... You know, let's just, we could be real about it. And I've been real about this team. There's been a very fortunate aspect to how they've won all these games. I mean, just teams in the history of the NFL don't win four straight games when they're outgained by 100 yards. It just doesn't happen in NFL history. They pulled that off and they don't have to give back those wins. They have to apologize for them, but it's part of it. So if a loss happens on Sunday, it's like, oh, well, now what do we have? What, what, what is this really? Is this by far the favorite or just one of a few contenders? in the NFC. So I've got five things here, aside from how we feel about the team, they have to prove. Number one, they have to prove that last year was as real as it felt. And I know the teams aren't different. Her Nick Sirianni on WIP on Tuesday talk about it's not the same teams. Look, Javon Hargrave was on our side last year. He's on their side this year. But, you know, I thought going in to the NFC Championship game last year, it was a toss-up game. I really believe that I picked the Eagles. I thought they would win the game at home. I thought they'd win by about a field goal. But I was thinking we're going to be in for a classic, hard-fought kind of game. I never thought it would be a blowout. 
And we all know why it became a blowout. It became a blowout because the Niners lost their quarterbacks. They couldn't throw a forward pass from the second quarter on. It wasn't a football game at that point. It was a coronation for the Eagles. So on Sunday, with a victory, and especially one if they play really well in, the Eagles could double down on the idea that it didn't matter. It never mattered. Brock Purdy could have been healthy. Maybe he was going to be healthy. Should have been healthy. Whatever. We were going to beat you guys anyway. That there is a gap between the Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers. They could prove that on Sunday. I didn't believe there was a gap last year. I thought there was, well, I'll say it this way. I thought there was a small gap, and the Eagles were the better team by a little bit last year over the 49ers. I thought they were by far the two best teams in the NFC. This year, I think they are, but I think the gap between one and three and four is way closer than it was last year. But yeah, I I think these right now are the two best teams in the NFC, and we could see if the Eagles could cement that there is a gap between the two and a real gap between the two. Last year, we ended with the score telling us that. I know everyone out in San Francisco doesn't believe that. Here in Philadelphia, it felt pretty split last year, whether we thought they'd win the game going away or they'd win the game very close against the 49ers. So the Eagles could prove there is a gap between themselves and San Francisco. The second thing the Eagles could prove, they got five things they could prove this weekend. The second thing they could prove this weekend is that this year is real. You know, we've gone through so many different permeations, statistics, anecdotes about the 2023 Eagles and how they're doing this. And I'm almost out of words. I I don't know. I mean, they they find a way. Tucker's mentioned a lot on this podcast. They're good situationally, you know, when it comes to the kicking game, when it comes to second half, when it comes to, you know, making plays late. They don't destroy themselves with penalties. So they're good at that. And that goes a long way and it kind of evens out the yardage differential or evens out bad first halves or whatever. And that's great. But the reality is there is a sentiment out there and it's very strong nationally. And I think it is bubbling under the surface locally that the team has been more fortunate than it's been great, that they are more of like an eight and three team masquerading around like a 10 and one team or a seven and four team masquerading around as a 10 and one team. And that's not going to go away until they put together a complete game. And until they beat a team in which you walk away and say they beat them, they didn't have any fortune or very little fortune. They outgained them. They had fewer turnovers. You know, they were better on third down. The, The stuff that the best teams in the NFL usually do, you know, there is a, um, There's a metric that the Action Network uses where they call it the luck rankings. And it's basically based on how you play, yardage given up, third down percentage, you know, the the kind of metrics that go into the betting world. And then they compare that to your actual record in the games. And the Eagles right now, through 12 weeks of the season, are ranked as the second luckiest team in the NFL by that metric. Now, you could say, it doesn't matter. They're 10-1. They win, they win, they win. That's fine. But typically, the teams that rank near the top of these luck rankings don't win the Super Bowl because that kind of way of winning doesn't work through 20 games of the season. It it just, you need to be the better team on the field, not just in the scoreboard eventually. And the Eagles, you know, again, don't have to apologize for the wins they've gotten, but they have to do that. And it would go a long way to shutting up national media, to quieting myself and my trepidation with this team as a true Super Bowl champion. And if you listen to me last year on the evening show, 
you know, I didn't feel that way. And, you know, I, I was not one that was worried about the team. I felt great about the way they were playing. I didn't worry about the schedule. All I cared about was home field. I thought they'd pull the Giants out in the playoff game. I thought they'd beat the Niners. I was concerned about the Chiefs. But I felt very strongly from about preseason to the season to September that we were watching a team that could absolutely play in the Super Bowl and win it. And I haven't felt the same way this year despite their record. I, I haven't felt it. Now, they could, they could try to they, – they could – Here's what they could prove on Sunday. They are as good as their record says they are. That's what they could do on Sunday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Third thing the Eagles could prove on Sunday here against the San Francisco 49ers with a resounding victory. Well, Jalen Hurts has something to prove. He, he could prove he's the true MVP. There's a real interesting debate going on right now, you know, in the football universe about what is an MVP. I asked Ross Tucker this on the uh, on the show yesterday, and You know, he mentioned the idea that, you know, we're having a kind of a different year for the MVP. It could be decided in the the next two weeks with Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, you know, playing head-to-head here next few weeks. And statistically, and I mentioned this last week, we broke down the MVP odds. Jalen Hurts is not having a statistical MVP season. He's just not. You know, usually MVPs rank top three or four in a few of the major categories, and Jalen Hurts just doesn't. That's that's not the kind of season he's having. Now his team is 10-1. He's the quarterback of that team. Are we going to give the MVP to a guy that, let's say, has the sixth best quarterback stats this year but is the winner and the MVP of his team on a you know 14-3 and number one seed? Or are we going to give it to a guy that is the best statistically this year, like let's say Dak Prescott is trending towards being or Brock Purdy is trending towards being. So it's going to be really fun. Now, Jalen Hurts, if he beats in in three consecutive or four consecutive weeks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, who's faded in the MVP race, mostly because his team has faded and he has a lot of interceptions. But Mahomes is there and Purdy and Dak, three out of four weeks, and they have the number one seed. Jalen Hurts is the MVP. I mean, that, that just cements it. And he's going up against the number one defense, scoring defense, in the NFL this week. Jalen Hurts could prove he truly is the MVP, not just the most clutch player, but the most valuable player in the NFL. Another thing the Eagles could prove, and Jalen Hurts could prove this week, and I think most of us here believe, but we're going to watch it play out head-to-head. Jalen Hurts could prove that he is clearly better than Brock Purdy. And if you ask me right now, Joe, you could have a quarterback and you could just like it's draft, right? You could pick one. Who are you taking? I'm, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. I've been a Jalen Hurts guy since day one. I love Jalen Hurts and I love his mobile ability. He reminds me of Steve McNair. I, I think he is a gamer, a winner, a leader, all those kind of things. I also find it interesting and, and kind of funny that we all now have grown to love Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. And We've put aside what they say out there. But like, let's go back to last year, Parsons, right? Michael Parsons, like, well, he's got all this talent around him. But yet, when we talk about Brock Purdy in San Francisco, we do the same thing to him that we don't want done to Jalen. We say, well, yeah, but 
He's got coaching. He's got talent around him. Well, so does Jalen Hurts. I mean, that, I, I think they're both really fascinating stories of guys that weren't supposed to be franchise quarterbacks. Obviously, Jalen had a better chance. He was a second-round pick. Brock Purdy's Mr. Irrelevant. But have played like franchise quarterbacks. And I respect Purdy a lot. He's really good. I, I, I just think he's really good. There is an element of this that reminds me of Kurt Warner. When Kurt Warner was dropped into a great situation in, in St. Louis, and he won an MVP, and they won a Super Bowl, you know, I'm not going to take it away from Purdy. He's got good players around him. He's good. And statistically, statistically, he's superior. He, he has been superior to her statistically. And I don't even, it's not even close in a lot of areas. You know, he's a higher completion percentage. He has a higher yards per attempt by a lot. Higher passer rating. EPA, if, if you use that statistic. I mean, he's lapping him. He's lapping everybody, really, statistically in the NFL. So on the same field, both healthy, Jalen Hurts outplay Brock Purdy and cement yourself as clearly the better quarterback. Not just like, oh, he's better. Of course he's better, but clearly. Because if Purdy wins and outplays Hurts, that clearly word likely can't be part of it next week. And the final thing the Eagles could prove and have to prove it and hopefully will prove on Sunday against the 49ers is that this defensive line can cook against the top quarterbacks and the top offenses. Let's just talk about the last couple weeks. So a couple Monday nights ago against Patrick Mahomes and then this past Sunday against Josh Allen, they are two of the least sack quarterbacks. They might be number one and two least sack quarterbacks in the NFL. They do not take sacks. It is one of the best, or it's one of the biggest reasons why both of those guys are big-time quarterbacks. And Hurts and Purdy are, I think Hurts like 21st in sacks taken. Purdy's more middle of the pack. They take more sacks. But Allen and Mahomes do not. And the Eagles found a way to win those games without getting those guys to the ground very often. And it's interesting. You look at the Eagles' numbers last year, this year. A lot of sacks last year. A lot of sacks this year. You know, they're one of the best pass rushers. We know that. But sometimes the Eagles' pass rush, it feels like the last couple years, is quiet when they play the best quarterbacks. When they, when they play the guys that could get the ball out of their hands quickly, they don't finish. They don't get there enough and happened the Super Bowl last year. We blame the sod. It happened last week against Josh Allen. He got away. It happened Monday night against you know Patrick Mahomes. And to win the Super Bowl, they're going to have to beat some good quarterbacks. Whatever the order is, whether it's Dak and Purdy and Mahomes or you know Goff and Dak and Lamar or you know whatever the order is, they're going to have to probably take down three consecutive top 10-ish quarterbacks. I don't know Goff and and uh, Tua, depending on how you rank quarterbacks, kind of reside in that maybe 7 to 11 range, whatever. They're, they're good quarterbacks. They're well above average quarterbacks, and they're having good seasons with good offenses. And I watched the last two weeks, and I'm like, where's that pass rush? They, they, they heated him up a couple times. Reddick had that sack on Mahomes early. That might have been the only sack they had. I'm trying to think back to that game if there was another one. But they didn't get many. Mahomes didn't take many sacks, didn't take any in the Super Bowl. Allen this past week got away. This is a week they got to get home, not just pressure on Purdy, because Purdy showed an ability, and you saw it last week against Seattle on, on Thanksgiving night. He's shown an ability to move, and I'm not saying he's creating like Josh Allen, but he'll slide, move, scramble a little bit, throw a bomb down the field. The, the offense is way more dynamic with, with the way Purdy moves in the pocket, flushes out, and throws down the field than it was with Garoppolo. It just is. 
So that element is there, and they got to get him down to the ground because if they don't, he'll make a play down the field to Ayuk. I mean, we've seen it a lot this year, or Kittle. He did that a couple weeks ago to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I want to see this defensive line, you know, kind of live up to their reputation against a big-time offense. It's one thing to do it to a bad offense. It's one thing to sack Sam Howell a bunch of times or get Zach Wilson to the ground or Mac Jones. That's fine. Anyone could do that. Go get a big-time offense that is scheming up to beat you and take the quarterback to the ground. That is one of the things they got to prove on Sunday. Five things, five huge things the Eagles have to prove on Sunday in their game against the 49ers. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk soon. What a week it is here in Philadelphia.